Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone who identifies otherwise. Welcome to episode 26 of Nerd Out Consumed. By the way, that's just one more than the number of days until the US election. Which, you know, that's that's fascinating. That's, you know... Race, race, race. Hey? Can we just... Just don't get political on this end. On this intro, oh. let's just let's just do a regular intro. Come on. All right, I was trying to be committed to it though. Like, like Dan Andrews has been committed to the Victorian people for a hundred days. No, in a row. no, no. <laughs> just, just do it. Just do a regular intro. All right, people don't come here for that. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's episode twenty-six. Thanks for joining us. Oh, a little bit more energy. Come on. Okay. Episode 26 of Nerd Out Consumed. Better? That was pretty good. Okay. <laughs> Alright, here we are with the latest episode. My name is Reese Parton, and with me is Sandro Felcher. Hello there. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Uh, the show where I take stands and uh, Sandro doesn't. I do not. <laughs> it's also the show... I'm really getting into this. I don't know why I'm getting into it so quickly, but it's also the show where we ask a question where during the week we watch and read and play and basically consume, which is why it's in the name, a whole lot of stuff, usually pop culture and nerdy stuff, and we ask each other a time-old question that has been passed down through generations, and we come up with uh, lots of great ways to ask this question, but this time I'm just jumping into it and asking it. Sandro, what have you consumed recently? Uh, the way you asked that was a little bit too political for me. Oh. Um, um, did I ask it too directly? Do I need to skirt around major issues before I yeah, ask I it? Yeah, I okay. think so. Okay. <laughs> I think so. Without making assumptions, Sandra, about the fact that you may have consumed or read or, or seen anything, what have you been up to lately, buddy? <laughs> That's much better. Okay. That's real okay. good. <laughs> this is a weird bit, but I really like it. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what to start with? Uh, I've actually done quite a bit this week, so I've got quite a bit to go through. I think I'm going to start off, though, with uh, a movie that I watched that then led into a TV show that I am currently watching. Ooh. Oh, oh, I think I might know. Oh, yep. Doctor Sleep? No, no, no. No. Okay. Although... I would definitely rewatch that movie again. Yeah. It's very good. It's I was just good. guessing it was what's it called? Ratchet. The show is what and never mind. <laughs> yep, that is what I'm yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh I watched One Flew Over the, the the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, that's what it was. That's what's connected. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. I was confusing things. Never mind. Oh right. Okay. <laughs> I see what you did. Um Yes, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which uh yeah, the character of Nurse Ratchet from that has her own T V show, which I am Currently, uh, very slowly working my way through. I saw three episodes last week and I haven't gone back to it, but I might go back to it. We'll see. No shame in that. I mean, you did basically watch a very extended movie as well recently. That's true. Which is basically what the uh, thing I'm going to talk about later on is. Oh, it's a little bit too political. (laughs) Oh, Uh, (laughs) I'm not making promises, but I have an intention to talk about Ah. something which is quite, quite long. Very good. Mm, mm. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, Wonderful Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It's real good. It's a good movie. <laughs> Ooh, are you taking a stance on something? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it's not. You're fine. <laughs> Have whatever opinion you want. <laughs> the film could be good or it could be terrible. <laughs> I don't know. What could it have done with the plot that you really enjoyed? 
Maybe. You might have enjoyed. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Did I enjoy it? I still don't know. Yeah. Is there such a thing as enjoying things anymore? <laughs> I think it's true. I think you either have to love it or hate it. Mm. And then people can love you or hate you for loving or hating something. That is how it works. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we did uh, the director's movie from the 80s, Amadeus, on the podcast, Oldie Buddy Buddy Goody. And ah. so, I don't know, I was just in the mood to watch more of his stuff. So mm. I thought, yeah, before ch- checking out the TV show, I'd rewatch. Uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. It's great. It's real good. I don't know what I can say about it that hasn't been said before. It's just a good movie. Yeah, it's one of those classics where everyone just knows what's good about it and who did a good performance and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I always forget that Christopher Lloyd is in it as well. Every time I watch it, I'm like, ha, it's him. I just had that moment too. I'm like, is he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess because he's, he's not... He doesn't have the Back to the Future hair, maybe. <laughs> yeah. His hair is quite... All the Klingon um, hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. His hair is quite trimmed mm. in that scene. But yeah, he's good. He's good. Danny DeVito as well, who's in it. I always forget he's in it. And then I'm like, ha, it's Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> we use his thumb up as a measuring stick for the rating system. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, the main thing I was kind of looking out for in this rewatch was the character of Nurse Ratchet, mm. who's obviously incredibly played by... Louise Fletcher in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because so many people consider her to be like one of the most evilest villains of cinema history ever. Uh, but I'm but every time I watch it, I'm like, it's it's more just the system that's the villain in this movie. Yeah. It's not necessarily her. Pretty much, yeah. Which is why going into Ratchet after watching One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, I was like, this is gonna be weird. And then it started off. Uh, I'm not going to spoil too much because this is all in the trailer, but there is a bit of a murder. A a murder occurs at the start of the TV show Ratchet. And straight off the bat, I was like, oh, this is just a season of American Horror Story, but with a character that (laughs) has shown up in other forms of fiction before. (laughs) Because that's really it. It's it's okay. Uh, Sarah Paulson's pretty good, obviously, in in the main role. She's great as everything. Finn Whitrock is in it, who has also shown up in some seasons of American Horror Story. He usually plays uh, a psychopath. He's playing a psychopath in this. He's very, very good. He may be mentally unstable. He may be faking it. I don't know. I don't know yet. It's not like the show told you five minutes into the (laughs) TV show (laughs) what was going on. Uh, But yeah, it's pretty good. It's so far removed from the movie. A a A name alone. Name alone is the only thing that connects these two. Uh, a name alone and the fact that Michael Douglas produces them both is the only thing oh, okay. that connects these two properties. Sarah Paulson's great, but she is not playing the Nurse Ratchet from the movie. She is playing the version of Nurse Ratchet that is in every college student's essay about how she's the evilest evil to ever evil. <laughs> uh, that is her character in this, whereas her character in the movie, personally, I don't think is that... So I would almost say don't watch the movie before watching the show because it'll set you up with expectations that will immediately get shot down when you start watching it. Yeah, fair enough. And realise what it is. The music is incredible. I love the music in Ratchet. They take a lot of um, classical music and add a bit of uh, a bit of reverb, a bit of phasering in there as well oh. to, to make it a bit... Uh, spooky i guess it's not a horror show it's like a it's 
thriller, maybe, like a psychological mm. thriller. It's pretty tame for the most part. There's The second episode has a lot of uh, pretty graphic medical oh. stuff happening. Yeah. But aside from that, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Who else is good in it? Who else is good in it? Sharon Stone's in it. She's pretty good. It's good to see Sharon Stone again. She's playing the same character she plays in everything, but she's good. <laughs> <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio plays the governor. Oh. Uh, he's obviously incredible. Oh, Vincent D'Onofrio, I love you. He is he, he is so good. He is. He's... Uh, By the way, there was this uh, online site asking, so what other character do you want to have appear in Spider-Man 3? Because it's recently been announced that Doctor Strange will be part of Spider-Man 3, the Tom Holland one. Yep. And Vincent D'Onofrio just retweeted that. It says, when I was a boy, dot, dot, dot... <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, yes, please. Definitely put him in there. Oh, yes. I would love that. He needs to be in everything. Just put, just, just the kingpin is Thanos for phase, no, for chat. What is it called, the second era of Marvel that we're entering? Oh, I, I'm not sure. They haven't come up with a name yet. I reckon, because no. if they come up with a name, because you're thinking of like the Infinity Stone saga. Uh, that's right, a saga. Was the first half. Yeah, so, yeah. The Kingpin saga. That would be really cool, actually. They go out in space and go, wait, there's nothing out here. There's just a big mob boss in New York that's <laughs> ruining the universe this time around. <laughs> I tell you who else speaks like a mob boss. I would, no. Uh, oh, 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 no, don't talk about um, ScoMo. What are you doing? <laughs> well, it's true. But back to this, back to this. Vincent D'Onofrio is great in this, as usual. He's great in this. There is a connection to the director Milo's Foreman's previous work, oh. because in Ratchet, playing one of the uh, press secretaries, I think, for the governor, is Cynthia Nixon, who who did play a Miranda in Sex in the, in the City, but she also played... Uh, Mozart's uh, maid in Armadeus. Well, there you go. There's a little connection there. A little connection there, which I thought was pretty funny. And also Judy Davis is in it, and she's great, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah, look, it's the show's fine. <laughs> I've seen three episodes just under halfway through. I'll probably finish it. It is basically just another season of American Horror Story, so if you like that sort of stuff, you'll like this. It's pretty classic. Uh, I almost forgot his name then, but it's pretty classic Ryan Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> in any episode he's directing, which I think is the first two and maybe the last one, mm -hmm. there is a lot of shots of people walking into rooms and you kind of Whoa. are on the floor and then you zoom up to like a bird's eye view, which he does in literally everything he directs. So uh. if you're a fan of Ryan Murphy, this is a very Ryan Murphy show. Well, that's good. Yeah. For fans. <laughs> I guess. He hasn't tried to redeem anyone horrible yet, but I'm sure he will. He does that in everything. So, one floor of the cuckoo's nest, uh, three thumbs up. It's, it's a classic. Uh, Ratchet, I know. It's fine. <laughs> so, schmear or schmear? I, I guess it's a schmear so far. Okay, yeah. But I'll finish it, maybe. Hmm. There's too many other good shows on air and wrapping up right now, so I don't know if I will get back to it, but... Yeah, there, there are too many shows. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Sarah Paulson in the role is enough to warrant at least watching the first episode, I think. So, hmm. it's just got nothing to do with the movie. Uh, what's something that you've been consuming? I mean, uh, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Yeah. yeah. I've been keeping my, myself busy, you know, just um, mm -hmm. doing stuff like 
starting a Twitch stream channel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically I already had it, but I've started streaming on it. Yeah. And I decided that I would play Spider-Man on Spectacular Mode. Mm. Which is the ultra hard mode? Which I is think? the hardest mode in that game, yes, yeah. Yes. Is that the one where you carry across all your powers and stuff from your previous save? Or is uh, it a blank, blank slate? It was a blank slot, yeah. Okay. But once I completed it, I could do that and carry on all my my powers and stuff like that if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But I probably wouldn't stream that because then it'd just be playing the same game again. <laughs> yeah. So I've been doing a bit of that. I've already talked at length about how Spider-Man on PS4 is one of my favorite games. But something I started last night and played about two and a half hours of mm-hmm. is Ghostbusters, the video game. Ah, very nice. Yeah, I hadn't played it before. It's quite fun. It's got all of the cast, the original cast in there. Mm-hmm. It's written by the same people that wrote the two movies as well, I think. Yes, it is. And it's got their humor beautifully. I, I really like it. I This is going to sound really bad to some nerds, but I keep forgetting the characters' names. <laughs> so I refer to them as Bill Murray and, <laughs> and all of that. And Dan Aykroyd. I can't really remember them as well. <laughs> yeah. But it's got the sense of humor. And, you know, Bill Murray, Bill Murray's character <laughs> is a womanizer. Yep. And... uh really desperate about it too which i kind of find amusing no no it's it's a good game there are a few things like it feels like you're not really going to end up dying Mm. it's like it doesn't feel like there's much of a threat because the others just come and help you out and i haven't actually died yet i just keep getting knocked down and then they pick you up again it's kind of funny you're stuck on your back like a turtle because you've got the pack on your back and it's really heavy and so you have to wait for someone to come and rescue and occasionally they'll say help i've been slimed and knocked over and stuff like that so that's quite fun too (laughs) yeah i was half concentrating on the game half concentrating on streaming at the time because i tested a new setup so i don't haven't got much to say about the story the mechanics are actually a bit more difficult to pick up on than i expected oh okay which was fun it was a good challenge Mm. maybe if i was just playing instead of trying to stream at the same time and entertain folks which i don't know if i did a great job but i'll get there um (laughs) i think maybe it wouldn't have been as challenging but i was i was kind of multitasking but still yeah not a problem that it's challenging it's a bit of fun nice okay yeah that game is has definitely become a bit of a i don't want to say cult classic but yeah people who like uh the movies very much treat it as the third ghostbusters movie because it kind of is yeah, feels like it. If you're not going to watch the 2016 one, which, by the way, <laughs> watch it. It's it's good. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's certainly got a modern American comedy sense of humor to it. Yeah. I find it does fart jokes more than the other ones. Um, <laughs> but still, I, I liked it. The cast is great. You can't go wrong with Kate McKinnon. Mm, definitely not. Um, but yeah, this one, also good. I've only played about two hours I'm not sure how long the game is in total, but it feels like I've only just started, so... Okay. But it does use the uh, technology that was in the movies, and any new ones, it, it introduces them brilliantly, where you get... um, Is it Spengler? No, that's... Is that Bill Murray's character? Anyway, you get the, the more scientific types <laughs> explaining what's going on with the different technology and upgrades that you can unlock, mm. and it just feels totally in character, and... Sometimes it says, you know, this is a trial, so be careful with it. We're trusting you and stuff like that. So there is some funny <laughs> um, funny dialogue around that as well. So it's not just, here's an upgrade to your weapon. It's yep. presented in a very Ghostbusters style, which I like. Okay, awesome. That's good. Yeah. And it looks good. It's the remaster, and they did a good job. Mm. 
So not too much to say about that, but that's uh, two things that I've been doing, some streaming of two games, and that's fun. Very nice. And if people want to catch those streams, when, how, what? When, how, what? Uh, well, <laughs> on Twitch, which is twitch.tv, I believe. Yeah. Slash Reese Parton, just my name. Um, I know a lot of people come up with a moniker and stuff like that, but I thought, nah, I'm me, and I'll be playing as me, so yeah. So why not? Yeah. And as for when, I've got a bit of a fluid schedule in there at the moment because I've got a bit more time on my hands than I had previously. But it's Monday mornings, Australia time, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Wednesday mornings from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. And then Friday nights from 9 to 11. And then Sunday nights from 9 to 11. Very nice. And Friday nights are my Ghostbusters night. Every other night will be, for now, Spider-Man, but I'm going to play some other games too. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I've been doing on my Twitch channel and with my gaming stuff. What else... Have you been up to in your day, your your casual day, your relaxed day, you know? Oh, yeah, just, uh... I don't want to interrogate you or anything, not at all. <laughs> a lot of sitting. Oh, yeah? A lot of walking. Sometimes mm-hmm. I wear a hat, and I'm like, oh, I'm wearing a hat. Do you enjoy your hour-long walks? Oh, I love just the, just the one hour I'm allowed to go outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great. For those who don't know, Metro Melbourne has been hit the most with lockdowns uh, in Australia because there was the second wave that happened there yeah. of COVID. Uh, and we won't blame anyone for it. No. Well, no. literally, there is no one to blame. It's a pandemic and the virus spreads really easily. So <laughs> That's true. There is yeah. no one to blame, um, except for bats, maybe, where it originated oh, from. Boo. Evil bats. But then they can't help it. Nah, they, they, knew, no, they, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, they did. That's the stance I'm going to take. That's bats. <laughs> the bats, yeah, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they they were flying around. They knew what they were doing. <laughs> mm. Anyway, yeah. uh, it's there's a pandemic going on, and second waves will happen, and it just so happened the most for Australia in Melbourne. Yeah. And poor old Melbourne has been taking the grunt of, you know, containing it, and we're very grateful to them, and we're very we're in solidarity with them, and that's where Sandra lives. And uh, one of the limitations is that you can only go... For an hour's worth of exercise a day. Yep. Yep. Although, uh, we're, we're, the numbers are pretty low now, so... They are. They are pretty low. At some point, we may get two hours. Maybe. I think that was part of the latest announcement. Anyway. Might have been. Anyway, let's... I feel like that is going into the world of politics, and despite me being very political, I do try to avoid serious political talk on this thing. I will make jokes about it, but yeah. Yeah. So hats off to you for putting up with lockdown, by the way, because I'm in support of lockdown. Ooh, or hats on when I'm outside walking with my hat on. Oh, that's true. The sun's starting to come out and we need to... It is a bit, yeah. Although yeah. it was raining yesterday. Was it? I feel like it's been raining all week. Yeah. Now we're talking about the weather. This isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to actually be a bit direct. And I know you don't want me to be direct, but what have you been consuming recently, Sandra? <laughs> Get us off the weather quickly. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of the pandemic, I watched the pandemic special, the new episode from South Park. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, which uh, has has finally come out in Australia. Mm-hmm. What channel are they on? I think they're on 7 or maybe channel 10. They were on SBS for a while, but uh, in SBS's a mission to become the the less cool channel for people who want to watch shows about trains. Uh, they they got rid of South Park from their lineup. And it was there for years, wasn't it? 
yeah, it's been there since the beginning, I yeah. think. Since, uh, yeah, the 90s. Um, oh, or the 80s, rather. Like, 89, I think it started. So, yeah. A big move for SBS. They've still got some good stuff, but every time I go over there, which is very rare, it's always Secrets of the Railway. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> go on, SBS. <laughs> you can do better than this. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's out, and it's real good. I like this special a lot. I was a little unsure about whether or not it would be good because recently South Park's longer narratives haven't been particularly great. For a while they tried to do season arcs and while they were fun for a little while they kind of overstayed their welcome and then the finale tried to be a little bit too epic and it never really worked. Uh, A lot of their like most recent two-parters haven't been particularly amazing um, so I wasn't, I wasn't too sure how they would handle a longer narrative, but they handled it really well. The, this episode was, was a lot of fun. It opens up and it's Cartman singing about how much he loves the pandemic, being able to stay inside. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so yeah, they parodied Bat, which was pretty good. They parodied, uh, all of the mask wearing stuff as well. There was one character going around being like, if you wear the mask over your chin, it's just a chin diaper. What are you doing? Put it over your face. Uh, (laughs) That was pretty classic South Park. Characters getting angry at other characters for things that are actually happening. There was uh, going back to school was was the main focus of the episode. Uh, You had two main arcs. One of them was the kids going back to school, and the other one was exploring the uh, potential origins of where the virus started from. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and um, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but as soon as it happened, I went, ah, oh, they're doing it. And it was very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mickey Mouse was involved. <laughs> I always knew Disney would be complicit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because... Hang on, cause... my, my tinfoil hat's getting itchy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> They've really, like, leaned into the disney conspiracy in recent episodes it's been great like <laughs> i don't even know there was a literal disney conspiracy I thought it was all bill gates was uh, i don't look at the conspiracies because they're dumb that's the mm. stance i'm going to take they're dumb so i don't look they at all of them. but i didn't know there was actually a disney one yeah they did one last season uh because the, the season arc for last season was stan's dad has started up a weed business and he went to <laughs> Disney to try and because Disney were going to help him move his business to China or something (laughs) then Winnie the Pooh was killed I don't know what was going on in that season I can't remember it well that happened in Red Dwarf too actually (laughs) yeah so yeah Mickey Mouse is involved in that side of the story which is always very fun (laughs) they yeah exactly they there was a little bit of stuff in there about what was happening with the police earlier in the year they parodied that in a very uh, a very uh, biting and fresh way, I guess. I don't know. It was just a really fun 45 minutes. Mm. Less, it's definitely satire, but they didn't really take a stance on anything. They, they were just kind of having fun. Oh, it's you. On this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were just kind of having fun on yeah. this one. It wasn't really them trying to say anything, uh, which... To be honest, I think maybe was a good idea. Oh, I'm I'm agreeing yeah. with that. I think I'm a highly political person. Before the pandemic and before everything got politicized, uh, that's just who I am. Mm. But I'm getting sick of it. Like everything is being politicized. There's a difference between everything being political 
and politicized. And I'm just yeah. like, no, let's just have a little bit of isolated fun to escape that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, I, I do agree. I think potentially they'll probably do some messages based stuff in the new season, but mm. I'm glad that, yeah, the, the special was just a bit of fun. As you mentioned last week, there was a moment where they tell you to vote. Yeah, I don't know the context of that. So, so yeah, I think it was a pretty fun episode. Uh, nothing special, but just a bit of fun, really. Mm. And I'm looking forward to uh, the upcoming season. Is it season 24? I can't remember. Wouldn't be surprised. They're in the mid-20s at the moment, though, I know that. So, yeah, uh, I would give the episode maybe one thumb up, a strong thumb up. So, yeah, it's pretty fun. I don't know where it is in Australia. I think... I'm pretty sure it's Channel 10. I've got all of them on the PlayStation, so I, I can't remember which one I went to. I think it was 10 Play. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, check it out there if you want. Or go to southparkstudios.com if you're anywhere else in the world or you have a VPN because all the episodes are free there in every country but Australia. <laughs> Thanks, Australia. <laughs> Thanks, Australia. <laughs> I want something else that you've been consuming. Well, uh, I'm going to set this up by saying I'm really glad you enjoyed that. I personally can't stand South Park, so I won't be checking it out. And <laughs> a show that I had the same opinion of, but I've managed to stomach a little bit, is the first few episodes of The Boys. The Boys? The Boys. I tried watching the first episode when it first came out, because I was excited for it. It's Eric Kripke, and he's really cool. It was a It's a satire of superheroes. But I watched the first episode and it just didn't do it for me to the point where I didn't want to watch any more. Mm. And that was a while ago. But now, and to quote myself from Facebook, I've managed to yawn my way through the first few episodes. <laughs> and now I'm actually starting to care about some of the characters. Yeah, okay. Like, a crime that this show committed was that it made Carl Urban almost boring to watch. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't think much of his character at, at first. In the, like, everyone was saying, oh, he's such a cool character. But in the first episode, I just thought he was annoying. I thought he was a dick. Um, And not in a charming kind of, I want to watch more of that kind of way. It just, it took away his charm. And Carl Urban just exudes that. That's true. (laughs) But I'm very happy to say that after that, I get what they're doing with his character. Uh, I've also seen he's emotionally scarred. Mm. I'm not exactly sure 100% why or where that story's going, but he's emotionally scarred. So that's why he's turned to that sort of sort of role, which is exactly what happened to Joel in The Last of Us, which is one of my favourite characters. So I'm thinking, oh, well, give it time to tell this story then. Yeah. yeah he is pretty similar to Joel, actually. I, I didn't think of it like that, yeah. In that, you know, a tragedy's happened and he's become... Joel became very stern. This guy's stern but flippant at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Plus, the show uses the C word too much for my liking. <laughs> It's funny, but like I know too many women, my mother included, who just doesn't like the word because it, yeah, okay. it's so demeaning that uh, female genitalia, a word for female genitalia is considered the worst insult you could call someone. And I, it's one of those words, one of those slurs that is satisfying to say and use, but when you know people who the insult is associated with that don't like it, then I kind of draw the line. I go, yeah, I won't say it. And I cringe whenever I hear it said. But that being said, it really does fit in with his character, so I've got mixed feelings about the usage of it, and it's usually him saying it. Yeah, it's pretty much only him who says it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because he's a British or something, isn't he? <laughs> what is he? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. He's got an accent. It's not American. <laughs> Carl Urban is great, but he can't do a Cockney accent. I've heard him do a, a, like a better British accent, and he could do a Southern American accent, at least for my Australian ears, ears, he could do it really well. Mm. But he's basically Kiwi in this. He's meant to be a Cockney, but... 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not blaming him, but every now and again, if he says a word beginning with I, it just comes out as a Kiwi accent. <laughs> but yeah, where to go? Where to go with this? Hmm. I'm warming to it. I just. I've got a big thing. For me, Game of Thrones was good, but it didn't really pick up until episode uh, seasons six, seven, and eight. Okay. Where the story finally started getting told. Before then, it was just an excuse for them to use the C word to show sex violence and a whole lot of stuff like that, which they did well. The performances were great in Game of Thrones all the way through. It's a great show, but ultimately, I didn't think it was its best until the story started to culminate. It just felt like they were always setting other things up, going to the shocking places for the sake of it. Like the scene where the little girl is burnt. Mm. That was unnecessary. You could imply it. They just they got to the point where they went over the top for going over the top's sake. And that's how I felt about the boys. <laughs> okay. Emotionally, spoilers, if anyone hasn't seen the first season of the boys, uh, it looks like the season arc is... The main character, Huey, who's played brilliantly, by the way, mm. trying to get revenge on a speedster, the equivalent of the Flash, for running through his girlfriend and killing her. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, that sounds fine, but they do that scene in slow motion and have the blood droplets splash on his cheek and then her rib cage flying through the air in a cloud of blood. <laughs> and it was just too much. I. I get what they're doing, and I get that physically, according to physics, that's what would happen. In fact, if A-Train, who's that speedster, he resumes running after doing that, he would have broken the sound barrier, and that would have broken all the windows around him. So they didn't quite get all of the physics right. Wow. Okay. But never mind. (laughs) Um, I get that that's the point. I get that that's what's happening. But I've said it before. I also don't care if there was a line in another superhero project saying they've got the power to run really fast, but also contain their effect. <laughs> that could be a side effect of their power is that it's just localized to them or something like that. So I can get around it when other films don't get the physics right, so to speak. Mm, yeah. But anyway, I just kind of thought, I'm glad people have got this because a lot of people are getting sick of the superhero genre or at least the squeaky cleanness of it. And I completely see that. That's completely fair. It just wasn't for me. But I managed to sit through it, and I'm getting invested. And I like um, Huey's story. I like his relationship with Billy Butcher, who's Carl Urban's character. Yeah. I love Annie January slash Starlight, who's one of the the newest superhero, newest recruit superhero. Uh, I do like the very timely references that are in this show, because they basically did a Me Too story with her. Yeah. And we, unfortunately, we basically see the scene where she is the victim of some sort of uh, assault. Um, Not necessarily assault, just inappropriate behavior. I felt uncomfortable, which is entirely the point, uh, in the scene where we see the inappropriate behavior. We see uh, the Deep, who is basically Aquaman, uh, become Louis C.K. Yeah. (laughs) Where he masturbates in front of her. Really, all we see is his bum. Uh, We don't see any other, like body parts but it's uh, i don't know i like it when things like that are implied and then it's about the story of the the woman coming forward or finding empowerment or whatever it's when i first saw it i was a bit too i was basically too affected by it that i didn't want to watch anymore but now as i've said i think i've seen three episodes maybe three and a half i had to stop halfway through one for whatever reason i can't remember what it was (laughs) uh but i'll get back to it i'm really connecting to it and there's a great scene where Huey's got this thing going on. It's a really good scene. My favorite scene so far between Huey and Annie, 
where she's had this terrible thing happen. It's literally a Hollywood Me Too story where she auditioned to become a superhero as part of the Seven, which is basically the Avengers or the Justice League. Uh, she got the part. And that's something actually I do like, is that the corporate corporate side of the world has taken over the Avengers, basically, in this. Yeah, yeah. In real life, the corporate world has taken over the fictional property that is the Avengers, and they've got theme parks, they've got all the movies that come out every three months when there's no COVID <laughs> around, yeah. um, and it's all about making money from it. But in this world, the superheroes are real, so they just sign contracts to sign these people, they're real people, into these these roles. Mm. Which is basically what they've done with the cast of, you know, the Avengers, but obviously yep. they're playing fictional characters. I like the the mixing of the fact that, well, superheroes are real in the world of the boys, but so is the corporate world. So is, you know, this is Amazon, one of the biggest uh, perpetrators of the corporate world, the corporate crimes that go on. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I am getting political <laughs> there. I don't care. Uh, I don't like Amazon. don't like Jeff Bezos. Um, and... They're making this show in which they're making comments about it. And I, I see the hypocrisy there, but I also like <laughs> that stories are being told. Yeah. But to the point, and I like the way they summed it up. Huey asked, because Annie's struggling and he, they're sitting on a park bench in, pub, in public. And she was on the phone to her mum, avoiding telling her what happened to her. And then Huey's also sitting there listening. And you didn't realize it at first until the camera pans around and there he is. And he said, so is that like a, a life thing or a work thing? And she says, it's a work thing. And then he says... Yeah, I've got some life things going on. And so it was a nice little moment of finding out, you know, I'm respectful to you. You don't have to run away or anything. Sorry if I'm intruding on anything private. And she says, no, it's okay. And then they start opening up without saying anything as well. I like scenes like that where you can develop an emotional connection without going in depth. Yeah. And it was really well played, really well written. Uh, and then Huey talks about some life advice. And that's where I started liking Huey this time around. The first time around, I just didn't connect with anyone and this time around i did connect with these two and then in the later episodes i've started to really like um billy butcher mm. and frenchy <laughs> <laughs> yeah he gets the best lines yeah he does yeah oh, what uh next thing i'm going to talk about is the character of homelander <laughs> and uh i love the way he's meant to be superman yeah and there's even a line in there where he says Remember how you wanted me to wear, the, wear just the whole holy red cape, completely red cape, and I insisted that I wear the flag? I just felt like that was entirely commenting on, you know, truth, justice, and the American way, that whole yeah. marketing yeah. For, uh, for Superman. But really, he is the personification of the ego that comes with the kind of life that they live, mm. and the dirty deeds and dirty deals that people will do to stay that way as well. Yeah. So there's a lot to appreciate about it, and I'm really warming up to this show, and I like the satire, but there are other things where I roll my eyes, even now. <laughs> I was pretty torn on the first season. I think, unlike you, I kind of went through the opposite in that I really liked how it started, and then started to fall off a bit near the end. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know why, but yeah. I like how other people in the group, like A-Train, they're also as arrogant as... Um, Homelander, but oh, there's a bit secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> there's a kid dying of cancer. Oh yeah, yeah. And he has a make a wish thing, and it's streamed live onto Facebook. And he wished for the deep, but the deep's gone missing, and we we know why as viewers. But at the time, the the seven, the superhero team, don't know why. So A Train steps in, and so this kid's dying wish was to meet the deep, but A Train turns up, and at first. 
you know, there are love hearts and like reactions going on on the Facebook stream because we're seeing it from the point of view of streaming on Facebook. Yeah. And the viewers are going up and up and up. And when he turns up and he just starts coming across as a dick, the viewing figures go down and you get the angry reactions and <laughs> the sad reactions. And it was uncomfortable, but also kind of hilarious at the same time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's some bits that I, I really do appreciate. I don't know. I, it, I'm not anywhere near as hyped about it as it seems like a lot of the internet is, but it's pretty good. Nice. And that was a pretty long chat about it too. Yeah. (laughs) But what about you? What have you been watching? Or consuming, even? Okay, what what do I want to talk about next? Let's have a look here. You do have a lot, don't you? (laughs) I guess I'll talk about Hubie Halloween. What now? (laughs) Um, The Netflix movie. There's a part of the deal that uh, one of the funniest people on the planet signed with Netflix... Oh no, I know what this is. To make a new a new movie a year. Take that back. Um oh uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Adam Sandler, look. Yeah. I loved Uncut Gems. It was in my top 15 of last year. I thought it was pretty incredible. Big fan. He should stick with dramatic stuff. Yeah, big fan. I loved the Merowitz stories, which he was also in. Big fan of that big fan of that mm-hmm. and for some reason he decided to do a comedy again. i was like oh he's got a new movie out uh see Buscemi's in it that's cool it's about halloween i'll start watching it so i turned it on it's called hubie halloween it's on netflix now it came out a couple of days ago and i went look adam sandler movies they're bad they're all bad yeah every single one of them's bad some people say uh clicks are right nah it's not it's bad Oh, well... No, it is. <laughs> Are there any comedies that... I I think he... I like his first couple, maybe. I don't mind Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, Wedding Singer. I don't know. That's actually quite a few you don't mind. <laughs> There's a few good ones. Yeah. I guess. I just don't like him. That's fair. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't seem nice. He doesn't seem good. And I've heard stories about how he treats women, too, so... Oh, okay. <laughs> well... Not treats them. All right, I'll tell you. It's a Rose McGowan story. She auditioned for something without naming him, but he said she said um, his name rhymes with Madam Panhandler. <laughs> okay. And she auditioned for the role, and there were last-minute rewrites on the script that was handed out to people who wanted to audition, and then when they got in there, it was describing how the women needed to wear skimpy clothes and needed to do this sort of thing, and she just felt objectified, and the script once changed was doing that and she just felt uncomfortable and that just didn't surprise me at all like it just it it fits in with my perception of him so okay i don't like him as as a creator okay i i really like his stand-up i've always like the the special he put out last year i think it was i thought was very good so as a comedian i've always not respected him because he also makes these movies but i've always been like like, if Seinfeld's allowed to be popular, then yes. We can also have someone <laughs> who's good at stand-up be popular. Um, Ooh. <laughs> Seinfeld is, without a doubt, one of the worst stand-up comics I have ever seen in my life. Uh, and he's also very famous. That is a stance that I will take. Wow. The show's good, but the show's good because the guy that wrote <laughs> Curve Your Enthusiasm wrote it. <laughs> That's why. Hey, would you look at this? Sandra's taking a stance. I never thought I'd see that. <laughs> 
But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty torn on Sandler as a mm. creator as well. But I was like, look, I'll, I'll I'll check it out. And it started, and I really liked the opening. It started, and I was like, hang on a second, this has got a real like '80s halloween comedy sort of feeling (laughs) here i like this ben still is on scene and he's playing a ridiculous character and i was like oh is ben stiller gonna be in this for the rest of the movie i don't know i stopped watching by the time he showed up again but i was like ben stiller's in this that's cool you cut to like a straight it's very like halloween-esque the way that there's like characters walking down streets and you kind of uh, pan up from their feet to their faces they're putting on a mask so you never quite see who it is i was like this is cool actually i really like how it's directed um i really like the vibe i like the the soundtrack is good time warps the first song that shows up and i was like this oh, nice. is all painting a really nice halloweeny sort of feeling and then, then adam sandler shows up and i'm like oh there he is he's riding a bike that's pretty funny stranger things they ride bikes in stranger things <laughs> et and then he opens his mouth and it's just another impression of a mentally disabled person. I was like, oh, great. You're doing this again, are you? <laughs> You're doing this again? Uh-huh. He's just a little boy in a man's body who lives with his mum, but he's got a heart of gold. That's the character. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and as soon as he opened his mouth, the movie went downhill. <laughs> because he can, he can do good characters yeah. like i've seen him on snl he can do great characters great impersonations but for some reason and i think it's the director the character he does in this is so annoying so mm-hmm. this movie is uh, written and directed actually no i think it's just directed by stephen brill who has written some good stuff he's written the mighty ducks trilogy they're pretty oh, good they are good yeah uh he's also directed movie 33 which is the biggest pile of crap i've ever watched i've heard of that never seen it yeah he's he's directed uh, I think the last maybe three or four Sandler movies for Netflix. Mm-hmm. Granted, oh, actually, no, I don't think he did the one with Jennifer Aniston, which was apparently not bad. So huh. uh, he's done the bad ones. <laughs> the bad ones on Netflix. And yeah, it, it, it's just... The problem is that there's good jokes in here. Mm. I'm going to spoil one joke that was very funny. There is a news broadcast and everyone on the news channel there's like uh the woman at the desk um the woman doing the weather there's one out on the street they're all dressed up as harley quinn and i thought (laughs) that was very funny that is good (laughs) but the problem is as soon as you're like now that is a funny joke they're all dressed up as harley quinn they immediately ruin it by going hey look at us we're all dressed up as harley quinn and i was like oh great you didn't need to do that yeah that just goes to show why the writing isn't good because you you're telling the audience, hey, this is why this is funny. Mm-hmm. And that constantly ruins it. Steve Buscemi's pretty funny in this. He plays a guy that moves in next to Sandler. I mean, it's Steve Buscemi. Come on. Well, yeah, he's Steve Buscemi. His whole thing is, hey, if you hear like weird uh, sounds happening on Halloween night uh, and my windows are boarded up, don't come in. It's fine. Nothing's <laughs> <laughs> happening. <laughs> hey, cool so- kids. How are you? <laughs> so that was good. Uh, the, yeah. <laughs> Just imagine me that in his voice now. Yeah, exactly. So if you hear funny noises and my windows are boarded up, <laughs> I can't even do it, but... Uh, so he's pretty funny in this, uh, like, he's having fun, which <laughs> is the, the thing with Sandler movies as well. Everyone has fun. The reason that he makes them, I think, is just to give his friends money so they can go and make a, a movie somewhere. 
I was going to say, he gets money, other people get money. Yeah. So good on them, I guess. He's given Super Shemmy money, and Super Shemmy's just being real creepy and silly, so that's fun. But again, the jokes just the jokes just consistently don't land, and it's another issue of, like, it's another movie where he's, you know, this simple person with yep. a heart of gold. It's another movie where his high school sweetheart has gotten a divorce, and he's like, hey, let's go out. It's another movie where he's got to try and impress her kids. It's another movie where this happens. And is it another movie where they end up together? Yeah, it's just it's just all of these things where it's like, you're doing this again. Yeah. And I think this one hurts more because there is the makings of a good movie here as well. Like, mm-hmm. the story's good, the, the, the cinematography's good, the atmosphere's really good. And there are good jokes. Again, that Harley Quinn joke is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. And it comes after um, Uncut Gems, which yeah. is very popular. Yeah. Um, Kevin James is in this, and he's actually doing a really good job as, like, a police sergeant. Ew. Uh, which is <laughs> surprising, because I don't think I've ever seen him in anything comedic-wise where I've gone, ha, huh, Kevin James is doing a good job. <laughs> I don't think I've seen him in anything where he's been good. He did that horror film with Joel McHale where he played a white supremacist, and that was, he was all right in that, I guess. Played. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. No. That's a stance. That is a stance. That was a joke. I I actually have no idea of his political leanings. I just think he's not good. Um, Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a white supremacist. (laughs) It's a joke. It's a joke. We're all dressed as Harley Quinn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, oh, there's another joke where Shaq plays a radio host, but he's got a woman's voice, and that's the joke <laughs> that his voice is. <laughs> See, the better joke would be that he was a white supremacist. <laughs> anyway. Um... So, like, there's the makings of a decent comedy here, but I think... I, uh, I Maybe it could have been good if Sandler was just, just had a normal character, not a caricature of someone who's... But it's a Sandler you know, movie. He can't do that. He, well, he kind of did in <laughs> Pixels, I guess. He kind of played himself in Pixels. And that was an awful movie, but, <laughs> like, he wasn't playing a character, hmm. which was okay. I don't know. It's it, it, Two thumbs down. Uh, don't watch it. But wow. also, but also like, it. it's two thumbs down because there is the makings of a really good movie here. But <laughs> the laziness when it comes to the jokes and... To Sandler's performance, just really weigh it down. Big letdown. Yeah, mm. I guess if you're a fan of his style of stuff, whether or not you do think it's funny, or you or you you watch it because it's so bad, it's funny. You'll probably find something here that you'll like. Um, I, I definitely did. I found something here that I liked, but I couldn't get past the first half hour. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I don't know why I watched it. I should stop watching Sandler movies that aren't serious. Which, uh, where was it available? Oh, it's on Netflix. I think you need to take a break from Netflix. <laughs> Maybe. Because you, you keep mentioning... Oh, yeah, because I watched The Babysitter as well. Exactly. <laughs> and you keep mentioning, oh, it could be like The Babysitter 2, where, why are they wasting their money on that? I'm like, yeah, why are you watching that? <laughs> yeah, I should probably take a break from Netflix. Well, no, there's some good stuff. The Haunting's out. That's great. Of, the, of uh, Bly House? Bly, yeah, that's it. Manor House. Which one? House. Manor? I don't know. Yeah. There's good stuff on Netflix. There's good stuff on Netflix. 
Is that a sequel to the haunting of on 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 that other haunting uh, show? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a, like it's an anthology thing ah. that Mike Flanagan's doing. I think mm-hmm. it's got the same cast. The mum from Spy Kids is in them both. Oh, really? <laughs> I've literally no, never thought about that sentence, but that is a character who exists. The mum from Spy Kids is in something she, else. She's, she's in a lot of great stuff, but I always forget what her name is, so I just call her the mum from Spy Kids. <laughs> it's a great That's way. Where I know her from. Great way to remember. I love it. Um, it's Carla. Is it Carla? Yeah, Carla Guino. Yeah, I, I can remember her last name. Couldn't remember the first. Yeah. Yeah. She's great in everything. Oh, she she's is. also the mum from Spy Kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So much of my life is just built around Spy Kids from back in the day. Yeah. I love those movies. Should rewatch them. Actually, it's probably a terrible idea. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, especially yeah. number three. Never touch number three. Oh, I've seen clips from number three on YouTube and sorry, three D number three D oh, number three D. <laughs> I kind of love that era of Robert Rodriguez, though. Like, that and <laughs> Shark Boy versus Lava Girl. They look yes. awful. They looked awful they at the time. Appalling. They did. <laughs> oh, dear. They look so bad. And, yeah. like, now... What is it in Spy Kids? It's like Sylvester Stallone plays his own think tank or something, just different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, like an, it's like an Italian Sylvester Stallone. It's like an action movie <laughs> Stallone. Oh, God. It's like the McBain in uh, The Simpsons, which is just Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. It's that sort of character where it's obviously meant to be a particular actor, a particular movie star. It's great. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But anyway. Don't watch that movie. (laughs) Don't watch it. Don't watch it. But will I watch the next Sandler movie that shows up on Netflix? Yes, you will. (laughs) I probably will. (laughs) That's going to be a good one. At some point, there'll be a good one, maybe. You're a masochist, aren't you? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'll just watch the serious stuff he does, I think. Yeah, well, I'd, like I said at the start of your review, he should stick with serious stuff. Like I think yeah. comedy, we've had our Adam Sandler movies. We get the one joke that he can tell <laughs> Yep, in a movie. Exactly. Mm. I actually haven't seen much of his stand-up. Uh, he could do better in stand-up, but it's always the same thing in the movies. It is. It's always the same thing. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else? I do. Uh, unfortunately, I might have a fair bit to say about this as well, and I feel like Ooh, I've already okay. talked a lot this episode. The Comey Rule. Ah. In which Dumb, or is it Dumber, plays Jim Comey. Um, I think he's, I think Jim Carrey's Dumber. I can't remember. Yeah. But he's mentioned it at some point in one of the terrible sequels or prequels, which is which. <laughs> yeah. I just mentioned that because I love the fact that within the same month, there is uh, entertainment released starring... Jeff Daniels as Jim Comey yep. and um, Jim Carrey as Joe Biden on SNL. <laughs> <laughs> I just I find that quite amusing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this much less amusing. <laughs> um, <laughs> not to say it's bad, but it's uh, it feels quite bleak. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's a story of it follows um, the career of James Comey from the very beginning. Well, not the career, but his his time as the head of the FBI. He's a former head, and it starts off... There are a few moments where it jumps through time a little bit. starts off where he's first appointed, and he meets the newly elected President Obama. Mm. Um, And then, not long after that, it jumps forward to 2016, when the it's a lead-up to the presidential election in America between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, who I'll be getting back to, because uh, he's a highlight of this, uh, the character and the person playing him. Yep. 
And it's the whole email scandal where, and honestly, it shouldn't have been much of a scandal. Yes, it was very reckless and careless. But if, you know, if the FBI decide it's not criminal, then it should have been dropped. But it, it wasn't dropped. And that really annoyed me. Um, and I was reminded of how much it annoyed me by watching this again, because it was so <laughs> present among that conversation. But it was fascinating to see in this. And I assume they got this from a book that Jim Comey wrote about it. Mm. What's it called? It's a, a higher loyalty. Uh, a higher, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, higher loyalty. Which uh, ties into some of the lines within it, which I reckon would be conversations between him and Donald Trump. Mm. I don't know. It, it does make me want to read it. I've never really read books like that, but I want to read it just to see, because I do take his word for it. I actually tend to believe him when it comes to that sort of thing about what's happened. Anything he's come forward with, I tend to believe him. Yeah. And I also tend to believe how this portrayed, although I believe this much less because it is a dramatization of events and events that happened not long ago. So the like official secrets act, that sort of thing <laughs> mm. needs to be present around it because we're talking about the current sitting president as well in this. <laughs> That's actually something I'll get to. That's one of my problems with this. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff in it, but there's a lot of stuff I'll, I need to address later on. But I do like how strategic they had to be with discussing this, researching it, and then when they announced their findings to the people. And by this, I mean the investigation of the uh, Clinton emails. And it, I think it was a fascinating little look into the procedure that they follow. Actually, if you want to hear a lot of my opinions voiced by all three of the members of the main show of this, on this feed, just go and listen to the previous episode mm. on this feed um, of, of Nerd Out. Not of consumed, but of nerd out, which is the main show. Yeah, we all kind of agree on this, which is which is really interesting. Yeah, I agree with all of you as well. In fact, I'll rate it now. Everyone rated it between a schmear, upper inflection schmear, and a, a one thumb up. I rated a one thumb up for the drama and the performances, which I thought were basically all of them were flawless. I think I think they really sold the tone of it. Yeah, yeah. But I think the timing of it is a little bit weird. Um, so this was okay. So yeah. we didn't bring this up in no doubt but this was originally scheduled to air the night after the election this coming one yep it was wow. meant to air the night after the election and then i oh. i don't know why but they moved it forward so maybe yeah i don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm not entirely sure what showtime we're thinking i think wait a couple of years <laughs> honestly is my biggest thing yeah i don't know yeah Agreed. It's a weird one because I think it's a really well done docudrama. It's basically what it is. But it also, you said they couldn't help but put their personal politics into it, which I agree with. It's got a point of view. Mm. But I feel like the drama didn't know who to make you feel for the most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jeff Daniels, Daniels made me cry. He's He was just beautiful in this. I loved his performance. Michael Kelly was excellent as well. Mm, definitely. Holly Hunter is superb, and she didn't make me cry, but there were moments where I was just like, God, I keep forgetting how just wonderful you are. And mm, she, she yeah. showed that here. So there were moments where I was emotionally invested with a lot of the people here. But, yeah, it, it's like they didn't know exactly what the point of this was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's That feels insulting to say, but... Because the music... I mean, there was a scene at the end of the first part which i agree with because i'm 
taking a stance, not a Trump supporter. If I was in America, I yeah. wouldn't be voting for the Republicans. I don't like Donald Trump. None of us on this show are. Yeah. I mean, what? I'm not saying. Hmm. I, 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 I wouldn't vote for a Republican senator in my life if I was in America. No. But anyway, that's a completely different point. So I agreed with the final scenes of episode one where the Comey family, well, at least uh, James Comey's wife and daughters, were basically crying because Donald Trump won. Yeah. And the music was sad violins. <laughs> so it wanted you to feel that way. But then kind of also felt like the show was wanting to take an apolitical approach but they mm. leaned heavily into their values and then at the end of it it's got the typical biopic thing where it says and this person went on to do this or this person went on to do this <laughs> at first i laughed because it was uh michael kelly's character fired by donald trump this character resigned this character yeah. fired this character that was really good yeah that was good but it was also kind of amusing in the same kind of well of course he did sort of way <laughs> yeah Exactly. That's where I think they kind of sort of nailed the Trump character, which I'll get onto in a second. But it also felt very uh, the creators, uh, which Billy, Billy, is it Billy? Billy Ray. Uh, yeah, Billy Ray, the writer of uh, Terminator, Dark Fate, <laughs> and the worst movie of last year, probably Gemini Man. <laughs> so would you say this is his best work? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I prefer Captain Phillips or if I prefer this. Oh, I haven't seen that. Okay, fair enough. Apparently, Richard Jewell's not bad as well, so he has done some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, The Hunger Games. The first Hunger Games movie's great. Oh, he wrote that? So, yeah, he wrote that as well. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah, no, that is good. That's very good. So he has done good stuff. Yeah, he does. Uh, he has. He's just also done terrible stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there are a few things, like that little uh, montage of people who were fired or retired or, or quit, mm. and then this little thing about how the Russians, it is found by the FBI that the Russians tampered with the 2016 election and the FBI is saying that they're continuing to do it now for the 2020 elections. And I just thought, that's totally your personal politics you're putting in there. <laughs> yeah. People are pretty well read, or they can be. They could go find that out outside of this. And honestly, people like Jen went on record saying that she wasn't particularly involved in the politics, whereas, you know, Rob and myself very much were. <laughs> yeah. I remember some of this stuff coming out. Like, they, they put the date up, and I went, yep, that did happen on that day. Yeah, I remember a lot of it as well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. Yeah. But some people, like Jen, are tempted now to go and do a bit of research. Uh, so they could have just left it at that and let people read their own, whereas me, who agrees with the personal politics of the person behind this, it seems, even I was saying, don't do that. <laughs> yep. That was the same as me. Yeah, exactly the same response from me. Yeah, because you you know the right wing are going to see this and they're going to say, typical elitist Hollywood putting in left-wing messages into stories. Yeah, it's already been review-bombed on pretty much every site where you can review this. It's all been yeah. review-bombed by right-leaning people. I, and I honestly don't fault them this time around. I think this should have waited a few years, even if they made it now. Just don't release it for a while. Yeah. As weird as that sounds yeah. to say, it just... Because it feels current because Donald Trump is still president. And that could be the case for another 20-something days. Mm. Or it could be for another four years. Because we don't yeah. know how the election is going to go. Oh, well, he would be president until January 20th, technically. Oh, that's true. Even if... <laughs> technically. Even if Biden won. But yes, you're right, you're right. No, you're, you're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's move on to him. Yep. 
because Brendan Gleeson plays him, and he plays him wonderfully. Yes. It's the polar opposite to uh, Alec Baldwin's comedic take on him. <laughs> Which is fine, because that's SNL and that's a comedy show, basically. <laughs> God, you're elitist left too, aren't you? God. Um... <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, no. No, don't, don't do that. Um, so, yeah, it's the opposite of him in that it's a serious take. And I, I agree with Rob. Again, just go listen to their episode. They cover this in great detail. Brandon Gleeson played this beautifully, but the script and his performance made this much more menacing than I think he really is. Yeah. Very few people talk in the tone of voice that Brandon Gleeson chose for this character. And I doubt even Donald Trump does when he's properly angry or, oh, the dog's barking again. Wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I doubt many people, including Trump, talk the way they chose to portray him in this film. But for the purposes of the drama, I give it a pass. And for the purposes yeah. of good imitation, I give it a pass. I think yeah. he's, he's an outstanding actor, Brandon Gleeson. And this is another example of it. Hmm. And both he and um, Alec Baldwin have the terrible posture for his head just right. <laughs> yes. Donald Trump pushes his head forward a lot and his lips pout out a lot. And they both did that, which I'm doing now. You can probably hear it in my voice. Yeah. I just wasn't doing the voice, um, which isn't a criticism of Donald Trump. It's just how he physically looks. And they got the physicality of it right. So as performers, they did their job well. Yeah, like, it's so weird. We spend so long trying to avoid being political, and then we talk about a highly political topic, and I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm getting political. And I have gone on the post, put my, my opinions on the post, saying I am left-wing, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Did we do that in that? I can't remember. I don't think you did. I think you, okay. this is the strongest you've been about this. Well, we all are. Everyone on the, the Nerd Out Network is. We're artists. It usually <laughs> comes hand in hand. Yeah. Unless you're James Wood, in which case you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I'm not going to take a stand. No. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, also, Clint Eastwood. Politically, don't like him. Director, he's amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like, it's amazing to me that he would direct... Um, I've been talking about it a lot recently, but the mm. movie Richard Jewell, which is, from what I can tell, quite left-leaning, but then he himself... It's, it's kind of like how the writer of Ender's Game wrote this amazing series and he's just the worst <laughs> and everything that he says feels like it contradicts the books that he wrote Wait, you mean just whedon <laughs> him as well yeah anyway yeah. anyway um yeah look um we are left wing i think and i'm saying this because i uh, always thought this way the left just seems to care for people more than the right. So it just, I don't know why people aren't automatically left, but we won't get into that. That is a <laughs> social and political discussion, which will go on for generations to come and already has done, which is why there are different sides of politics. Yeah. Um, this is highly political topic, but we're not really being too political. I hope <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking about more performances. I loved, uh, I always loved Jonathan Banks. He was very good in this. Oh Yeah. I can't remember if I discussed this with you before the show or if I've already mentioned it, but Michael Kelly is fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, Jen is right. He he tends to play suits. Like he's always wearing a suit in an office in a high stress environment. 
but it does it so well. And Honor Chaplin, if that's how you pronounce her name, who is from Game of Thrones. That's where I first saw her. And I thought she was excellent to the point where I didn't realize it was her until halfway through episode two. And I went, oh, right. With a British accent and falling in love with Rob Stark, she's in Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, that's her. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was very good. Mm. Lisa Page, I don't know how accurate the interpretation of her, but she was a bit of a opinionated so-and-so. <laughs> yeah. But then again, I think that falls back into other social stuff of, you know, women have to be particularly strong in a workplace to be taken seriously. And I would expect probably doubly so in a place like the FBI. So, ah, Chaplin is in both Avatar 2, 3, and 4. Yeah. That's one thing I won't be seeing her in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. I genuinely do agree with pretty much all of the stuff you said. Oh, except actually, I liked the inclusion of real news clips when it cut to statements from real figures yep. that they hadn't cast someone to impersonate in this. Jen didn't like that. Completely fair enough. That's her opinion. But I liked it in this and especially liked it in um, Des. They did it in Des as well. Yeah, I did like it in Des. And that was chilling for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same thing here, mainly because I kind of, I remember some of the clips as well because I heard Vice President Mike Pence say one thing and then a few weeks later, what's his name? Michael Flynn is fired because he... He did the opposite of what he actually had done, the opposite of what Pence was saying. Yeah. I remember that happening. So I th- kind of thought, ah, oh, yeah, they did their research. You know, I, I thought it was <laughs> it was good. But that's okay for me, who was on top of it at the time, as Jen said. And it's fair enough. It's a different country. It's hard to keep up with, that, keep up with our own politics, <laughs> let alone have to put up with America's politics as well. Which, by the way, America, yeah. we see everything that goes on in American politics. <laughs> it's all over our news, too. Yeah. But fair enough if she wasn't keeping up at the time, and if that was jarring for her, that's just how she viewed it. So that's fine. Uh, one last note. I didn't recognize until after five scenes with him in, and he only had about five scenes, but I didn't realize it was Joe Latrulio playing <laughs> playing <laughs> Jeff Sessions. The makeup was brilliant, and his voice was outstanding. It was. <laughs> I laughed too when I did realize, but just because he does that, he's such a, a lovely, funny fellow. <laughs> Yeah. And I just laugh whenever I see him because I always think of, oh, my muffin. Ow, my head and my muffin. <laughs> From he's Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, he yeah. is great. He's wonderful. And this shows that he's also great with the uh, character stuff as well. Mm. He was excellent. Yeah, so basically, to reiterate what I've already said, I agree with the ratings that you guys gave it last time, which is halfway between a schmear and a one thumb up. If I was going to divide it, one thumb up for the performances and the drama of it all. Yeah. And a schmear because of how it made me feel in terms of... It's too soon. Not to be one of the people to use that saying, but it's literally still happening, it feels like. It is, yeah. The repercussions of it are still happening. Especially because, and this is getting political, but just, it's frustrating. Hillary Clinton had all of this go on because of emails. And Ivanka Trump has done exactly the same thing, and not a peep of it, in the press. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I won't go into that. It's just, it just shows how the world of politics will badger someone else and leave someone else alone. That's just how it works. There's, there are dirty games in politics. Anyway, let's move on to, is there anything else that you've consumed? Uh, nah, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I think that one might be the episode. It might be. It's, it's getting quite long. Yes. So thank you very much for joining us for this episode. 
I know we got kind of political and the, the, the opening bit was a bit of satire on the two of us because I am very political. Sandra tends not to be. And so I wanted to play that up. Mm. But we have gone on record. We're left wing. There'll be some right wing listeners. Let's just focus on the entertainment that we've consumed. That's what the show's about. And I'll tone it back next time, I reckon. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, it depends. It might be another Comey. I keep going to say report. It's rule. Comey <laughs> it rule to watch. There might yeah. be something like that that I, I watch. the stuff... The, the statements he gave were called the Comey Report, so that's probably why. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I think Rob did it too. Um, yeah, probably, yeah. Anyway, completely uh, recognise that you uh, may think differently politically to us. You are free to do that because most countries that listen to us are a democracy, and that's the beautiful thing about democracy is we can have differing opinions, uh, and we tend to on this show as well. We do. Speaking of differing opinions... It's time for... <laughs> hey, <laughs> what, what are you going to consume next week that we'll probably disagree about? <laughs> wow, okay. And also everything that we might agree with as well. Just the whole, just everything... What am I going to consume? Yeah. You're going to consume. I was going to say, in that case, I better speed up my watching of the next-gen movies. Um... <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, what, what do I want to watch or consume? Uh, well, I'll obviously be consuming more um, Ghostbusters and Spider-Man mm. on the PS4. I actually haven't read much this week, so I want to try and read some more of Aftermath. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Star Wars book, which, uh, yeah, I still feel the same way I did last week about it. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's it's a typical Hollywood story. Yeah. Which is annoying for a book, because it's not a film. <laughs> mm. Not produced by Hollywood. There was something else. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. I think there's a show coming out or, well, there's more boys. I want to watch more of the boys. I'm, I'm on that. I'm on board now. I'll, I'll keep watching nice. it. Even if I roll my eyes sometimes. Oh yeah. Doom Patrol. Oh yeah. We're trying to, we're trying to stay somewhat in sync with Doom Patrol. I've fallen behind, but I do want to watch more of that. So I think you're just behind two episodes. I think I so. Think. Yeah. 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 I like that actually. These are shows that you could take your time with. Hmm. Some shows you do really want to just binge, but other ones like these, it's okay to take your time, and I like that. Definitely. Oh, actually, I, I could predict one thing you're probably going to start watching. Oh, what's that? Also The Boys, because the finale just aired. Yep. You, you'll, you'll watch season two. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I am going to do that. Yeah. I, I'm going to try and do that for Consumed on uh, episode 50... Wait. Five, I think, I want to, for Nerd Out. Oh, I'm wow. going to try and do that for my Consumed segment. Yeah. I don't know. It's eight episodes. I can probably get it done in time. I think you could. But we'll see. We'll I see. think you we'll could. have to see. <laughs> yeah. I the main topic for that episode is Raised by Wolves, uh the oh, new wow. Ridley Scott HBO Max uh mm. show, which I started and immediately went, Oh, I love this. Let's <laughs> talk about it. So it's very much my Earth to Ned, which is what uh Rob <laughs> Rob got us to review a little while ago, so uh, it's going to be Jen's turn soon to to get us to watch something that she likes. So yeah, um, I'm I I think I'm going to finish the season by that episode, but I don't think the other two are. Hmm. So if you haven't seen it, it should be a fairly spoiler free review. Um, but but yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying Raised by Wolves. I tell you, HBO Max is sign- turning up to be really good little uh, subscription service. They're doing well, and they are all... I think it's 
binge in Australia where pretty much everything from them is on. So, like, Doom Patrol is on binge, <laughs> uh, Lovecraft Country is on binge. It is a Murdoch-run streaming service, yeah. uh, which, uh, ugh. But good stuff. <laughs> well, in that case, use a VPN and just pay for the uh, HBO one. I don't think sure. that's I think, I think HBO... Oh, hang on. That's Warner Brothers. He's not yeah. involved with Warner Brothers, is he? No, shouldn't be. Well, there we go. <laughs> Very good. Actually, on that note, just I know you were going to mention something else. Speaking of Warner Brothers and HBO Max, perfect segue. There's a Green Lantern series been announced. Oh, I didn't even see that. It's been greenlit. <laughs> greenlit. I read the headline. <laughs> greenlit. I get you. Oh, the puns. But yeah, there's a there's a <laughs> there's a series coming along with a, an actor called Seth Graham Smith playing playing Green Lantern. Oh wow, they've cast wow Guy Gardner. That that is not who I would have gone for. He's annoying, but all right. Is he? Oh dear. <laughs> He's probably my least favorite Green Lantern. But also, this looks good. Yeah, I, I completely missed this news. Yeah, I saw it this morning. I think it was announced this morning for us anyway. It was probably mm. last night for America slash a week ago-ish <laughs> when people hear this. Nice. Oh, Greg Bertinelli is going to be showrunning, so it, it, it'll it be good. Yeah, as long as they do 13 episodes. Please don't do 22. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we've got Guy Gardner, just Jessica Cruz, old Sinestro, Kilowog. All think... right, it's pretty much all the classics aside from, uh, yeah. aside from Hal. I think Ray Fisher might have let out a little bit of a spoiler because he said that this Seth Graham Smith was great to work with on The Flash. So I think he might appear in The Flash. (laughs) Good on you, Ray Fisher. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have they already filmed The Flash? Apparently so. Okay. I'm confused by it, but apparently so. Huh. There's a Seth Graham Smith who is an author who wrote American who who wrote Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter and Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh, okay. But the Graham has got it's G R H A M E, which is a different way of spelling it than I've seen because my dad spells it without the e. Oh, okay. There you go. My dad's called Graham. <laughs> oh, very nice. Very nice. That breaking news. Da 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 da. And then it'll be lukewarm news by the time you hear it. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, true, but yeah, that that's great. Green Lantern has always been one of my favorites, but uh, that movie was bad, and the TV show they did also wasn't very good. So there was a Green Lantern movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else do I want to consume? Yeah, Haunting of Bly Manor as well. As soon as I'm done with the boys, I'm I'm, I'm going to try and take my time with that. I was thinking that I might. You were talking about watching it all in one, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking I was going to binge it for episode fifty-five of No Doubt. Uh, but I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do The Boys instead because f- with Haunting, it's very... It's a lot. The first season was a lot. The first season was a lot. Yeah. A lot of childhood trauma. Oh a lot of themes and things were things in that first things. season. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to take my time with that. And you'd be waiting for The Boys to wrap up its season because the first three episodes came out first and then... Yeah, and then weekly from then. Yeah, yeah, so you've been waiting for that. Yeah. Uh, also, man, I'm going to do a lot. Um, <laughs> Star Trek Lower Decks is over, so I-, I haven't seen the last two episodes yet, but I've heard they're very good. I've heard the ninth episode is a parody of every Star Trek movie. Oh, wow. And then, <laughs> and then the final episode is apparently really good as well. So mm. yeah. hmm. That could explain something, actually, that parody of every movie that I read. Okay. Anyway, I won't. I won't even bring that up. Why am I doing that? 
carry on. Yeah, there's a lot of people on my uh, Facebook timeline who we both know who have been yes. raving about the last two episodes. So mm. yeah, I'm excited to watch that. And then I also want to watch the four Scream movies. I've decided oh, that yeah. <laughs> uh, that is the horror franchise I'm going to go through this October. Last year it was Nightmare on Elm Street. I've still got two Elm Street movies left. I think I am going to do Freddy vs. Jason because <laughs> it looks terrible, but <laughs> I think I'll watch it. Uh, and then also the reboot movie that's awful with what's her name from uh arrow oh laurel what's the actress's name katie cassidy yeah she's the main character in the reboot for nightmare in all street which is the only reason i'm gonna watch it probably well i'm I'm sad to hear that that's apparently bad but i love her yes she's very good she's very good yeah because i was thinking like because last year i did elm street and i was going maybe i'll watch friday the 13th but i'm just i'm just not in the mood for the same movie over and over again. <laughs> I want something more funny, so I think I'm going to go for Scream, which is considered to be one of the better comedic franchises. I think only the third one is bad, but mm-hmm. the other two are good. So, yeah. Wow. Um, so, that's that's what, yeah, I'm going to try to do a lot. <laughs> we'll good on you. But don't, don't worry if you don't live up to that. That's just yeah. what you want to consume, not what we definitely will. We're promising signing no. the dotted line consume it's what we want to consume exactly well i've got to do that for race by wolves and the rest i'm just like that's true just just chilling just chilling (laughs) i I retract Um, that then (laughs) the contract you've signed for nerd out are very very strict (laughs) yeah i don't know why i run that ship so so tight it's me running it you're like chris chibnall of the podcast i am the chris chibnall of that show (laughs) except you do good stuff but I'm also the critics of Chris Chibnall saying, why are you doing this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm both of them. What am I doing? It's a paradox. Never ending. Um, <laughs> yeah. Stephen Moffat? <laughs> but yeah, I can do a lot this week because uh, we banked Oldie But A Goodie and they were short episodes, so I've managed to get them all edited in oh, time. So that's I've a good feeling. So yeah, yeah. Speaking of not short episodes... Um... <laughs> this has been a long one. <laughs> yes. That's all right. There are lots of moments... Ladies and gentlemen, you might hear some of them because I might not be able to edit around them, but I was interrupted by my dog barking, my niece and nephew running through the house, and then <laughs> some people just walking because I'm in a room that's got access to the outside, basically the back door. Mm. People walk through to go to the back door. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it happens. Happens all the time. It does. It does. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much for joining us for episode 26 of Nerd Out Consumed. It's always a pleasure to do this show. And... uh Actually, we should actually provide the email address, shouldn't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you'd like to write to us for the next episode or any any other episodes, please do to... Feedback.nerdout at gmail.com. Excellent. I always think the at is where the dot is because staggering stories, it's always show at... Yeah, show at staggering stories. Yeah, 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 exactly. But... Yeah, I, I, I wish I could make all that tech stuff work like adam does but yeah. but adam he's just he's just too good and i can't i can't do it he is i mean he also pays for his own domain oh yeah i'm not gonna do that <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> i mean if someone wanted to sponsor us we might consider doing that the money yeah, from that could sure. go towards managing the show but yeah hmm. at the moment we're using gmail so it's feedback dot nerd out at gmail.com that's it. I finally said it properly. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Yay. Alrighty, yeah. So please send us an email to that address if you want to talk about anything we've discussed here, anything you've consumed, anything you want to consume, or anything you want us to consume. We're yeah. always open to suggestions. Force um, us to watch something bad again. 
that was Sandro's stance. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say um, we're close to another weird movie special, but then I was also like, ah, oh, it's three weeks away. We've got a while to plan that out. That's true. That's true. Um, however, if people do want to suggest a specific weird movie they want us to watch, we're open to, for that. And you could do that at the previously mentioned email address or following any of the links in the show notes to our social media accounts. Yes. So you can message us both on Instagram. You can use the hashtag no doubt consumed on Twitter if you want to do a thread or just a really short tweet saying, watch this, it was good, you should check it out, hashtag no doubt consumed. Exactly, yeah. Whatever takes your fancy. Uh, so yeah, plenty of ways to contact us, feel free to do so. And uh, thank you for tuning in this time around. My name is Reese Parton and I'm saying see you later. My name is Sandra Felcher and I'm saying I've got no opinion on this. <laughs> you got no opinion on ending the show? No. Okay. Stanceless. So shall we continue recording then, or...? Nah, it's probably enough, in it? Yeah. In it. <laughs> Why did I say in it? <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched a Cockney-based thing recently, in it? A. A. I was going to start doing Carl Urban's thing, but then I went, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, I don't want to have to put bleeps in this show when you said the c- <clears throat> word. Um, <laughs> anyway, see you guys. Uh, bye. <laughs> Hang on. Someone's coming and going through the room. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I am a little bit. Okay. <laughs> That's my brother. <laughs> uh, bloopers. Hey? <laughs> bloopers. Yeah, well, why not? I actually haven't done many bloopers on this show. I should do that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Brandon Gleeson played this beautifully, but the script and his performance... <laughs> <laughs> and his performance made this much more menacing than I think he really is. But thank you very much for joining this episode. Yeah, I'll start that again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you for... Oh, my God, I can't talk. <laughs> Bloopers again. Yay! I'm an actor. I do vocal exercises. Yeah. I can definitely. articulate my words. <laughs> <laughs>